church said? Amen. Amen. Amen to that. Man, I can listen to that over and over again. Didn't that sound good? You ever get in a singing like that and you just, you just don't sing because it's so good, you just want to absorb it? Anybody do that besides me? So those of you that do that, it's, there's an extra blessing in that. But that doesn't mean you can't join in and sing again, right? But God is, a, God is so good to us. And I just love that song. Thank you for that selection today. It's been great so far. Hope I don't mess it up. You were, I told Dean to say that, but you were two seconds too late. Oh, yeah, I forgot. An elderly woman comes to a church, a country church for the first time, and She's there, and a friendly usher greets her at the door and walks her up to the steps and says, Ma'am, where would you like to sit today during the service? And she said, I want to sit on the front row. The front row? Yep, on the front row. Well, ma'am, I tell you, maybe you ought to try to think of sitting somewhere else because, you see, our preacher, he, he's a little boring, and he's really long-winded. I'm not sure you want to sit on the front row. She said, Well, young man, do you know who I am? And he said, No. Or she said, he said, no, I get it right. And she said, well, I'm the pastor's mother. He said, oh. Then he said, do you know who I am? And she said, no. And he said, good. <laughs> you know, mothers are not only loving, they're forgiving. I remember in high school or I remember in school and playing football. And I came home from practice one day. And as a teenager, when you come home for a long practice, you're hungry. That's what we teenagers would be like, right? And so I come home, and I walk in the house, and the house is just smelling great. Mom had roasted a big old chicken that day, and, and all the fixings. It was all on the stove ready to put on the table. But Mom wasn't there. Dad wasn't home yet. Mom wasn't there. She'd gone to pick up the sister or something, whatever the case was. And, man, it just smelled too good. I just dug in. And before I knew it, I ate the whole everything. I ate the chicken, I ate the green beans, I ate the rolls, I ate everything. I, that was one skinny chicken when I got done with it, let me tell you. So my mom comes home a little while later, of course, and she said, Harley, of course she didn't call me Harley, she called me Lloyd, and she says, Lloyd, what, did you, what happened to my dinner? And I said, oh, I thought you made that for me. And she said, you teenagers are going to be the, you know, and she just goes on about this. But she was very loving and very kind and very forgiving. I think the rest of them, I was full, full, full. And I think the rest of them had scrambled eggs or something that night. But very forgiving. Mothers are that way, aren't they? You know, when I think of my mother, as I mentioned earlier, mine has gone to be with the Lord many years now in 2001. And um, since then, and when I think of my mother, I often see her in my mind as clearly as I see you today. And for those of us that have lost our parents, or lost our mother in this case, you can do that as well. You can just instantly see them and just drawn back into something of them that you remember that was so well and so precious to you. Now, most of you know my story, but some of you don't. So just a real short version. When my mother was pregnant with me, she had cancer, and the doctor said, we need to abort, and she said no, and she held me when I was born. But did you know that, that, that I was so ugly? It's hard to imagine that I was ugly when I was a baby. But they said I was so ugly. Well, they didn't use ugly. They just said shriveled up. But, but they didn't take a picture of me until I was three months, no kidding, three months old. And I'm like, 
the picture that they tell me it's of me, it's a baby or something wrapped in a blanket about 15 feet away, and they say, oh, that's you, and you're a little baby. Aren't you cute? Uh, I can't see nothing in there except a blanket. My grandmother said about me when I was born, she told my mother, she said, Lord, honey, if this one lives, I'll never worry about one other kid. That's how bad I looked. But look at me now. <laughs> but nonetheless, in that, and I, it's precious because those precious memories we sing often and we think of them. When my mother passed away and she had, she had cancer and she had cancer of the brain and those last few days uh, she couldn't speak. But she could still, with the eyes, she could tell what's going on and things. And so we set up another bed in her, her room and we pushed hers right over next to the window. I mean, the windowsill was right here next to because she loved the outdoors and she loved redbirds. And we set another bed on the side of that. Some of you have been there and done that. And so we set another, and it was my turn to just stay with mom. So early the morning before she passes, there she is, and she's laying in bed, and I'm trying to talk to her, at least say some things about how much I love her and all those things. And, and a redbird, a cardinal, her favorite, landed right on the windowsill. Now we're looking maybe 10 inches away from my mother is this beautiful red cardinal, and it's just staring at her, you know, kind of doing this number. And it seemed like it was a minute or two, probably 30 seconds, but then it flew off. And my mom turned her head back toward me and gave me the biggest wink as if to say, it's okay. You know, I love cardinals. I love redbirds because it brings back great memories of my mommy. Precious memories. And I pray that I never, I pray that God never takes those pictures away from me. They're that precious until I see her again in heaven. Proverbs 31, it simply says these words, Her children speak well of her. Her husband also praises her, saying, There are many fine women, but you are better than all of them. Charm can fool you and beauty can trick you, but a woman who respects the Lord should be praised. Give me an amen for that one. Jesus in his teachings tells us not only that we should pray, but how we should pray. And in that process, he gives the example of prayer. Not just necessarily the words that we talked about in Bible class here on Wednesday night a few weeks ago. Not just saying just these words only, but the example of how we should pray. But the power behind prayer. Charles Stanley said this years ago in one of his books, and I've used it many times, but it's good, so I use it again. The ability to do the impossible comes to the one who through the lifestyle of prayer has such intimacy with God that God's intentions, God's desires, and God's will become known in the heart and lived out in their lives with confidence and faithfulness. Oh, the praying mother. I want to thank all of you mothers out there that take time to pray for your children. That on a daily basis, something that you do, and you, you ask God for this child, and God allowed that child to come into your life, and there they are, and now you pray for them to be strong and courageous in their walk with the Lord as well. Again, when I was a little boy, I used to watch my mom. I used to sneak around, and I didn't want to embarrass her, probably didn't want to embarrass myself, so, but I would watch my mom when she spent that little alone time with God. 
I didn't tell her for years and years, and I knew she knew it, but, but I, I, at the time I didn't. And I remember looking through the crack of the door, and my mom would be either sitting on the edge of the bed with her Bible open with a, with a tissue or, or something, a hanky or something in her hand to wipe away the tears. And I'd see her reading that word in there, and I'd, I'd see her imparting that into her own spirit and then mumbling a few words. I could just hear a few now and then that she would say. And I know that what she was doing is she was praying. And then when she would finish, she'd wipe her face, wipe her nose and stuff, perhaps from the tears that she had cried. But she knew that when she, when she got up from that time, she knew that she had the confidence. She could see my mother with the confidence that she had in the faithfulness of the God in which she prayed to. It was a powerful thing to see. And little did I know the impact that that would have on me later in my life. As a kid, it was intriguing to see something like that happening. But it was awesome for me. And those memories are great memories. She also knew that prayers, and this is important, she knew that prayers for her children were a way of depositing blessings into their future. I love that about prayers. I believe with all of my heart, I believe with all of my heart that I'm still reaping the blessings that my mother prayed over me 40, 50 years ago. So, well, I don't know. The prayers just come along and we get that prayer answered and we move on to higher and greater things. Listen to me, that's not true because she knew she was planting a seed of something with inside of me. You take an apple seed and you put it in the ground, it grows an apple tree and that apple tree produces fruit year after year after year. Seeds that are planted and planted deep are important in our lives. Give me an amen. Her faith was more than a head faith. It was more than just a talked about faith. It was a heart of faithfulness. If you had a mother like that, you are truly and have been truly blessed in your life. There's a story told of an elderly lady. She had a son. And this son she loved like all mothers do, of course. But he decided when he was a young man that he was just going to drift off into the world and do a worldly things. He said he, in his own writing, said he became an ungodly man. He joined the Navy, and he, beca- or he became a sailor, and he cussed like a sailor, he said. He was a wicked man, a wretched man, he wrote. However, one day, the mother's prayers broke through. And when they broke through, it touched his heart, and it brought him to his knees in repentance before the Lord. He later in life penned the words that most people in the world know and memorize, have memorized. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. John Newton, all because of a mother that didn't give up, didn't give up in their determination to pray for her son. What an awesome thing. You never know when it's going to pay off like that. I suppose none of us No one will ever know how many mothers have saved the lives of their children through the power of prayer. You're looking at one. You don't think it was easy for my mother to make a decision? Perhaps it was, but she had to pray about it. The decision of saying that you have cancer and that your baby is just going to be born into all of this, it is better for you to have this surgery. You don't think she talked that over with my father? And my father had to be thinking, well, I love my wife, but I love this child that she's carrying. The decisions that were going on there, but the prayers that they had, they had together and the belief that they had together. 
And those prayers saved a life to perhaps help save others as well. Didn't know it at the time, of course, had no clue. But God had a plan, and I'm just thankful for my mommy. And Luke chapter 1, there's a story told about this. Of course, it's a story we all know. It's the mother of Jesus, and it's Mary. And the Scripture tells us exactly what took place. And the Scripture also tells us she'll be honored through, and should be honored all through history, all through life. It should be because she's the mother of our Savior, Jesus. And in that it says, the angel came to her and it says, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You're going to have a son and, and his name will be called Jesus. It's the name above all names. But you have found favor with God. What does that say to you? What it says to me in volumes is this, is that God notices things that others may never notice. My mother just didn't pick up the Bible and start reading after I was born. That was the way she was brought up. Her grandfather was a minister of the gospel. Hester was his name. She carried the name Hester as well. Her name was Hester Lorraine. But instilled in there deeply in that, God notices what you do, what you say, how you pray, how you approach your life. God notices things. And I believe that God wants to have favor on your life as well. Because He notices is what we are doing in our lives. Your faithfulness pays off greatly in the lives of your children. Stay faithful. Stick with the task. Don't give up when it seems like there's nothing left. Continue to pray. I want to say to all of you out there, ladies, mothers, I want to say thank you. Thank you for being here. The example that you're giving your children and your grandchildren, you will never know how that will pay off until heaven comes for us all. The Bible compares in many places about our lives sowing the seed, as I mentioned a minute ago. This one is found in Matthew chapter 13. It's the one of the sower, the farmer. You know the story better than I do. The farmer goes out and he sows the seed. And some fell on good and some fell on not so good. Some produced harvest and some did not produce a harvest. The problem was never the seed. It's not mentioned in Scripture that the seed's the problem. The seed is never the problem. The child isn't the problem. We say the children's the children. No, it's not it. You know what it is? It's the soil in which the seed is planted makes all the difference in the world according to scripture the problem wasn't the seed it was the soil and a good mother teaches that child teaches her child many things about faithfulness and tenderness and kindness and compassion and love and forgiveness and all of those things and you still instill in that child at a very early age the younger the better why because then those seeds have time to go deep and be rooted deep within their spirits so that as they grow, they then can produce. They can produce what God would have them do. The nutrients that we give in those prayers add more nutrients. There's a thing called miracle grow out. Remember years ago when it came out, it's just fertilizer, but they named it miracle grow. And there was a reason because it, it's a catchphrase. It tells you something. If you, if you grow potatoes, if you put miracle Grow on there, you're going to get giant potatoes. But it's the nutrient that they need to be able to do that. And God says, 
If you will talk with me, if you will visit with me, if you will come to me, if you will do these things and impart that into your children, what you're doing, you're adding nutrients. There's this miracle grow that's available for the Christian. I think we just don't tap into it enough. If it's left in the bag, it's not going to do any good. It needs to be put out into our lives, especially into the lives of our children. You set the stage for your children to produce godly fruit. You do. If you're wondering about that, you're the one that sets the stage for it. Parents, you're the one that sets the stage for them in the future to be able to be teachers of God's Word, lovers of God into the future. Don't leave it up to chance. Hopefully someday they'll catch it. Instill that into their lives when they're small. I just love to see all these children that, that come up here and, and we usher them out and we take them over and, and we go through this children's church, if you will, and we teach them and we're trying to impart to them. Why? We're trying to come and bring more nutrients into their life. Why? Because we know that in the future... The future harvest is within those children, these little babies. This one over here is chewing on its fist right there. Just look at that. It's such a beautiful thing that God gives us in the nurturing of that. I wonder if the baby would let me. I know this baby's going to cry. When you look at the little baby, it, it, what, 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 do you, what do you say when you see a baby? Go ahead, ladies. Aww. And when you see me, you say, <laughs> do you know one day this baby's going to grow up? One day this baby's not only going to grow up, but perhaps by the seeds that are planted, they, by the Umasindes. What do you have, about 10 girls now? <laughs> Five girls. And you know what they've been praying? I know this. I know this for a fact. You know what I've, I know their parents have been praying? For five godly men to come along because they're raising godly women. And someday, one day, maybe this one will stand before a group of people like this. See, a long time ago, somebody held me. I didn't even know it, but he was handsome. This, this is called ad lib right here, right? <laughs> I can't pronounce the name. This is Sela. Give Sela a round of applause. I don't have no idea where I'm at in my message, but children, I just love them. We all want the best for our children. We all want them to be educated and successful. Give me an amen. We want that for their lives. There is no doubt. We want them to be gifted in something in life, whether it's academics and or sports or, or something in life. Why? Because we're proud of them. Volleyball players or golfers, whoever you might be, we look up to them. Honor students and those things, we look up to that and we think that's wonderful and it is a wonderful thing. It is a wonderful thing. There is no doubt. But listen carefully. If the children are not taught that the center of all they will ever need in life is Jesus. They're missing out. It doesn't matter if they're on TV on Sunday hitting that great golf shot. It doesn't matter if they turn the tossel over and they become that doctor's degree. 
if they don't have this instilled within them, the center of their life is this one called the Christ if they are taught that God is only a segment of life and not life itself, they can then not produce all that God has planned for them to produce. It's important for us to think about that. If we only think of God as just a segment of our life, it's kind of like that great uncle that we, ever, we see every now and then at a family reunion. Yeah, that's something, but it's not the center of then our productivity, their productivity cannot be what God had planned for it to be because they didn't get the nutrients that they needed. Abraham Lincoln once said, behind every great man is a great mother, and I would say amen to that. He also said, no man is poor who has a godly mother. I love that statement. Jeff Rankin got me this book on Lincoln and all his, state, uh, or all his quotes and things, and I just love that book. And that one was there, No Man is Poor Who Has a Godly Mother. You're looking at a rich man. Oh, not fame and fortune and good looks. I understand that. And, and most of you in this room are going to have much larger bank accounts on retirements than I will ever see, and that's okay with me, but I'm a rich man. I'm a rich man because I had a godly mother in my life. And I believe that with all my heart. And nobody, nobody can pull that out of my account. Nobody can take that from me. Because God gave it to me. Because I am his child. But I thank my mommy for teaching me that. And I say that, I thank my mommy. It's not that I don't thank my daddy. I'll talk a little bit about my father on Father's Day. My father, he, you know, he, he had to quit school when he was eight years old. His father left. Son, you have to stay home. You have to work the fields. We just have to provide for the family. Dirt poor. Back in the Appalachian Mountains, I mean, it was it. Nothing. Absolutely no, no arguing. You're not going to school. You're working. My dad couldn't read. My dad couldn't write. But my dad was a godly man. My dad was a wealthy man in the Lord. And you want to know why? Because of my mother. My mother would open that book up, that Bible up, and she would read to him. Now, Bob, do you understand what it's saying there? Yeah. Why well, had rain? He'd call her rain. Go ahead, rain. And she'd read a little bit more. My dad was a godly man, but he became a godly man after he met my mother. You want to know why I'm so proud of my mommy? She even led my daddy to the Lord. Napoleon Bonaparte said, Let, let France have good mothers, and she will have good sons I would say let Americans have good mothers and good fathers and they'll have good sons now I know that first Peter chapter 5 I want to get another scripture in here before we quit today but in first Peter chapter 5 it talks about the shepherds of the church the leaders of the church the bishops the elders what we would say most in most cases I know it's talking about that but if there ever was a leader would it not be parents in life notice what it says there and care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. You could say there, can you not? Care for the children that God has entrusted to you. Your children are only on loan, my friend. It's the very one that God says, I'm going to knit together into your womb, and you're going to birth, and it's going to be here for all to see. It is what God has designed. It's important. 
It says, watch over them willing and not grudgingly. See, a lot of parents, when they have children, they, they want to live out their lives. But when you have children, you have responsibilities real quick, don't you? And you realize that God has entrusted you with these little ones. And it's up to you to impart to them these characteristics of God. And it goes on to say, for be a good example. Be a good example. Be a good example. I would just ask all of us, are we being a good example for our children in all aspects of our lives? Parents and grandparents alike, are we being that good example? I pray that you are, and many of you are, and thank you for it. If not, then get back on track. God allows you today. Let's get back on track and do what God would have us to do. Give me an amen. Our society suffers for many reasons today. Some say it's because an R behind a name or a D behind the name or this or that or whatever. But the only way that will ever change is not by the R or the D. It will only change for godly men and women to be sure to instill the right qualities, the right qualities into their lives, and that is that Jesus is the Lord. Someone once said these words, A mother is not a substitute for God, but neither is there any substitute for a mother. I've said that at a many a funeral, but it's the truth. Because we are connected to them in such a powerful and unique way. I love this statement from Elizabeth Stone. I use it almost every Mother's Day. That's how much I love it. Making the decision to have a child is monumentous. Watch this. It is to decide forever to have your heart go walking around outside your body. Isn't that beautiful? And you mothers out there, you see these children grow up, and you see how they are, and you look at them, and you love them, and all of those things. It's a blessing. One of the greatest blessings God has let me witness in my life is our daughter to become a mother. It's been one of the most beautiful things to see. She has three beautiful children that we love dearly. And I remember when she was just about seven or eight years old, she always said, all I want to be is a mother. And I will tell you, she's a good godly mother, like her mother and her mother's mother. And I could not be more proud. And it was all passed down from ones that loved God before her and showed her how to be a godly mother. My mother would be extremely proud of her granddaughter. Proverbs 22, 6. I want to say this again. Mothers, again, we cannot thank you enough. But knows this. Start your children off the way they should go. And we, we use this verse. It gives us comfort. It gives us comfort when our children go astray. When our children just get off course, make bad decisions. Who hasn't made a bad decision? Anybody in here? But when they do, it says... Notice this, even when they are old, they will not turn from it. That's why it's important to plant that seed early in life. So that it's deep-rooted. Max Licato said it well. He said, anchor deep, because you're going to need it. Plant them deep in the hearts of your children. Oh, it may be true that many times our children take the wrong turns and drift a little and drift a lot. Anybody have a son or a daughter that drifted a little or drifted a lot? Hello, you're looking at one. But here's the deal. I believe with all of my heart 
they still carry with them the seeds that were planted deep within their hearts and their spirits. And planted by godly parents, those seeds still have the capability of producing the most beautiful crop ever. I believe that. So don't you give up. For those of you that have just kids that seem to just soar, praise God for them. Those that seem to be wherever they are, Continue to praise God for them. Continue to say, God, I planted seeds in their hearts long ago, and I'm just believing for a great harvest someday. I'm believing for a 30 or 60, but no, I'm believing for a 100% harvest on this one here. Don't you dare give up, because you never know the one that finally it connects, and finally it is the one that says, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now now I see. Don't give up. God hasn't given up. If he had, they'd be already gone. Pray. Continue to do what God has called you to do. Thank you, mothers. Thank you, mommies. Thank you for doing what you've done in our lives. Continue to do it. We respect you. We honor you as we should. Today, perhaps someone here you need a prayer. I don't know what it is all about. Not everybody needs to know. But we're here for you, and we're going to pray with you if you'll come at the, at the end of this song or during this song. Just come. Maybe it is today that you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You want to repent of your sins. You want to confess that He is the Lord of your life, and you want to be buried with Him in baptism. The waters are ready. We're ready to take that on so you can be called a child of God today. God loves you that much. He allowed, as Roger said, his son stretch his arms out to redeem us. Redeemed? How are we redeemed? All of us. It's not about what we do. It's not about what we've done. It's not about what we will do. It's all because of what Jesus did on the cross. And it's by his blood we are redeemed. Amen? If you want a prayer request or have a prayer request or whatever it is today, maybe it's a praise, maybe it's a hurt or a pain that you don't know what's going on. We may not either, but we know a God that does. We'll stand ready to pray for you and with you. Whatever your need is, you come as together we stand and sing.